Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson presents guest host, author, and creator, Victoria Anderson. Victoria Anderson is an author and course creator. In addition to publishing several books, she hosts the Leap Into Your Story podcast for writer, Leap Into My Story, part two. But the fact, but the considering I had actually seen the gal with the mini fur coat and the high heels next to the Mercedes with the flat tire. I mean, I saw this. I mean, I didn't even have to wait for the media to come out and say, yeah, he he was stranded off of the 405 with a flat tire with his female companion. And when I tell people, I said, Ennis Cosby knows. I mean, this is not a random killing. There's something some connection he's got some connection and i think it was something like maybe seven eight months later um this was somebody that he knew through the gym but who knows if it was a professional hit because later on we now the more comes out about his father um and all that so I suspect that there was, and that was another thing too, that I kind of got a little hint. There may have been something connected to uh, his father, but again, that was information not known. And it came out 20 years later. So what is going through your mind when something like this is happening? Cause what, what is telling you to see this through or, cause I know, I know if, if someone else would say, you know, Oh, I saw a murder going on. I would try to block that out, but there's something inside of you that says, no, I got to see this through. Why do you think, why do you think that happens? You know, I'm not entirely sure now with the Ennis Cosby, I didn't actually see a murder, but I saw the interaction before that. And yeah, I was in the business um, the antique business that catered, we had a lot of celebrity clientele. And I don't know if that's just like random consciousness that I just happened to tap in because the area where he was killed, that is, there's a, there's a part, it's where the Getty Center is and the heels are split and the 405 goes in between. And I always feel like an energy in there, um, like some sort of vortex. vortex And I think I was, and I, my take on it is I don't think I saw it because of any particular reason. I just happened to go through that vortex, maybe the couple days before and maybe tapped into something Yeah, that was because it happened in that area. Um, but I could always feel an energy and I always thought it was coming from the Valley going into the LA part of it. Well, it's, it's West LA. Um, but I think that's maybe what happened. Sometimes I think I just, you know, consciousness is, is, is constant. Yes. And from some of my experiences, time is not linear. It's circular. And Something's just, and it's not a straight, so it kind of goes this way or circles this way. So it's constantly circling around. And I think on occasion, I just happen to catch a thread of something because like that area, 
you have that area. I've always felt a shift in something. So I'm sensitive to that energy. So whatever was funneling in that particular timeline for that spot, I think I just caught a glimpse of it. And that's why I was so strangely connected. Did you feel like after that happened that you would want to try to go back to that space again, just to see if you would pick up on something else? Well, I did. I, I, I had made several trips uh, to the West side and nothing else kind of triggered it. Right. So, you know, maybe there was just something in that those few days, because I think what happens is there, there's, it's kind of hard to explain, but before something happens, there's always a shift in energy. So, I mean, even like say in my, my nephew's death, there was a weird shift in energy that my sister didn't quite pick up on, but she knew there was something, just something off. And, you know, the, even the day he died, um, was just off. And I think he knew he was going because he's a football player over six feet. Um, my sister went to run an errand and go pick up dinner and sushi was his favorite food. And he declined never in his, (laughs) never in his 30 years or less than three, he was actually 26 when he died. So, and, and, you know, as far as he's been eating, he had never declined sushi. And that was something that hit her radar. But she didn't, again, you don't right. make the I mean, connection. Yeah, you just and, go on. Yes. So she just thought, well, okay, he's, you know, it's a little odd. Um, and when she came home, she found him dead. So, and this was a matter of 40 minutes. From the time she had the conversation, I think went to go pay her a bill, grab food and came back. But she was always haunted because there was a call to her from him about 20 minutes in and she didn't hear it. No message was left. So she thought maybe that he was calling her to, you know, say, help me or something. And he had died of a blood clot and those are pretty quick. So I don't think he'd had any time. So I don't know if that was what that was, but I know that kind of haunted her, but I says, you know, there's nothing you can do. Um, Yeah. I, so I'm asking questions and they're saying he, he was, he subconsciously knew that he wouldn't be here very long. Yes. Yeah. Well, she said, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Even my niece had said that he Mm. had this weird smile on his face when they were leaving. Like, you know, don't worry, I'm not hungry. I'm okay. But she says always this weird smile. And I kind of sensed that when he died, that I got that feeling too. He knew he was trying to experience everything in his life. And because he wasn't going to be around. Yeah. That's kind of what I got from it too. And I know she really spoiled him. So I think on some level she knew too, because 
she would uh, always live above her means to make sure he always had the best of everything, make sure it was the best experience. Right. And I think at some, some unconscious level, she knew that was going to happen. Now, since you had that experience with him before, when you were getting ready to move, have you had any more experiences with him? I did. <laughs> that little stinker. Um, so we had been in this house, I think it was the first year. And it was on his birthday, too. So he would have been 27 that year. And I was out looking uh, our... Um, living room has two windows kind of side by side. And I was waving at the dogs on this, this side of the window and they kept going to the other window and barking and trying to play like playful barking. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm tapping on the window. Hey, what's wrong doggies. I'm over here. What's over there. And I turned to look and there is my nephew waving at me <laughs> again. <laughs> so they had obviously seen him and he, they, he was playing with them and they ignored me and went straight to the other window where he was, you know, trying to get their attention. But yeah, he was there in animals, the house. Animals can pick up on them. Sure to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. More than, more than people know. And when people say, Oh, I saw my dog barking into nothing. Oh no, they're barking at something. You just. Yeah, there's never exactly, exactly. Matter of fact, when my dad died, uh, Sweetie Pie came up. Um, she she had caught, she was looking at something to my right. I was sitting on the sofa in the living room and I can feel, I felt two people standing next to me. But again, you just ignore it. You don't look, but it wasn't until Sweetie Pie came into the room and she kept staring where I kept sensing the two people next to me. That's an awesome name. Yeah. Sweetie pie. Yep. <laughs> she is. She was my sweet. She was sweetie pie. Cause she was a grumpy cat. That was. <laughs> and she actually walked up to that area and was meow, 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 meow. And I'm like, okay, sweetie pie was the greeting committee. And if anybody came in the house and didn't talk to her first and just kind of ignored her, she would do that. And so now I knew that there was definitely somebody next to me. And I talked to her. I said, sweetie pie, who is it? (laughs) Who is it? Like she's going right, yeah. to say, well, mommy, no. Yeah, I know. I wish I was hoping some telepathic, um, sure you know, message would come through that because they do do that. I mean, I I write about it in a couple of my books when my cats were on the verge of death, they sent me telepathic warnings at just literally hours before they died. Um, But in this case, I didn't really need too much longer confirmation to get um, my answer because an hour later from that time, I got a call from my father's caregiver and said that my dad had passed, right. but I had asked what time it was. Do you know what time? And he, he was kind of taken back. I said, no, 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 I'm just curious. I won't go into the details, but I kind of want to know what time it was. And the time he says, well, you know, Arthur came in and 
checked on him. He was fine and went to go feed the dogs and make breakfast. So it, it was around this time, which happened to be, I think this uh, around the same time where I had seen the visitors and my brother had also a similar incident around the same time. So apparently my dad, and I don't know who else was with them. I don't know if you get a, a guardian or somebody to cross, help you cross over. But my brother had the same experience, similar, um, you know, around the same time I did. Yeah. Some, some of them, some people do come across to help you cross over, but not always all the time. And that's like, that's part of my uh, thing that I do is cross spirit over who didn't get anyone who, uh, there's a, or sometimes the, uh, the spirit themselves go into a denial and don't realize that they've actually passed away or don't want to, know that they passed yeah. away and let it go and then they're just stuck but yeah but most of the time yeah my my one cat who passed away uh his name is coca bean and uh and uh this was before i um knew i was what i was and my wife and i were sitting with him and it looked like he was about to go and then my wife went into this like trance type thing and she started talking about all these other people that were there with him wow and they're there and she was naming all these names and they said they're here to t take him across and wow uh, man this, this part always chokes me up i gotta uh oh. so i uh i i said why isn't he going and uh he said he doesn't want to go he wants to be here with you oh, and i was like oh. yes but he was here for two more weeks and then um, wow. the night that he went i was just s sitting with him and and i could hear him breathing heavy and i said you know it's okay to go. It's it's time to go. You can leave and just go home. And when when you get there, just wait for your dad. And he just he looked up at me. He licked me on the nose, oh. and then he took his last breath, and that was it. Oh. I was like, oh my god, that was that was it was crazy. And yeah, well, recently with my other my other big boy who just passed away two weeks ago, we had to mm -hmm. put him to sleep because he was just having such a hard time breathing. But, oh. Same thing. Yeah. I sat, him, sat him in my arms and I told him yeah. it's time to go, go home. Mom, yeah. I love you. I love you crazy. And you don't have to worry about nothing ever again. And he just went, <sighs> wow. That was it. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I know it's heartbreaking, but yeah. that reminds me of my boo boo kitty. Now I have a story called boo boo kitty and Tommy burgers. Yes. <laughs> awesome names and awesome names. Boo -boo -bur yes. <laughs> Well, the, the story, um, yeah, it's in, I, it's in my book trial by fire, um, where my big black cat, now he came to me after the Northridge earthquake, he was abandoned and just showed up and moved into my apartment. It was it. It was it. He stayed oh, and that's where he stayed. <laughs> and he was struck by an odd, um, I don't know, illness, his kidneys started to shut down and um, he was having seizures and the vet could not figure out what they were going to do with him. Like they couldn't like his, his blood work, his everything. They, they just couldn't figure out what was going on and bless that vet. Uh, this was back in the, in the nineties they weren't doing like MRIs for cats. Okay. Back in the, this vet who, by the way, resides in New Mexico. He was originally from New Mexico and uh, retired his business and moved back to New Mexico and, and uh, lives up in Santa Fe. But he actually, he, he was 
so puzzled by this cat's illness because nothing made sense that he scheduled his buddy in some clinic to do like an MRI on the Monday after Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, the cat died on Thanksgiving, mm. but the, the bond between that cat and I, I mean, there was something about, he was like a person cat. And even, even friends who didn't like cats, I mean, not, they weren't my friends. They were my fr- husband's friends. <laughs> when they came over, they loved Boo Boo Kitty. Right. And I actually had a friend who was um, like beyond deadly allergic to cats. And she would always um, have to be going into analytic uh, shock if she touched a cat. Right. She had to um, touch Boo Boo Kitty when she came over hmm. and she never went into analytic shock, anaphylactic shock at all. Just um, very strange. So this cat had a different energy. So he was in a cat body, but I could feel like he was a person. Um, High energy cat. Yeah, it was, it was just, you know, that feeling I had, I mean, everybody loved, even the mailman looked forward to petting him. It was like crazy. Um, but when he went, cause he, he was having these weird epileptic seizures that did not make any sense, blood work that didn't make sense, nothing coordinated. Mm-hmm. He was, he was losing that battle pretty fast. And I kept telling him, boo-boo kitty, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. And when he had one of his seizures, that was the first time I had heard him talk to me telepathically. And he says, I can't go. You're in danger. I can't go. And I'm all, what are you talking about? Like you, you question it again, but every time he'd have a seizure, he would send off this warning. You're in danger. You're in danger. I can't go. I'm here to protect you. You can't go. You know, I can't go. Um, and I was like, no, you got to go boo-boo kid. This is too hard for you. And, um, yeah, his last, his last breath, it was, I was still getting that you're in danger. Um, Did telepathic you message. Find out what that was? Well, um, and this could have been a cause. I mean, I think that New Mexico kind of solidified that there's just this dark energy, you know, when you, when you are a bright light, there's energy that wants to put that out there. Yeah, there's even though there's other regular energies come to that bright light, but we are also very attractive uh, to the negative energies out there as well. Yes, you know, exactly. People ask me that all the time, and I, I tell them, well, yeah, I see negative energies all the time. Well, well can't you make that go away? No, because no. there's just so many of them. One goes away, the next one just comes right up. Exactly, exactly. And Sweetie Pie was the other cat, that same exact, um, you know, when a booboo kitty happened, that was 1999. Uh, When Sweetie Pie died, that was 10 years later. And she pretty much had the same thing. Uh, You're in danger. And I kept going, no, no, no. Um, you know, I think everything's fine now. We're in New Mexico. Cause I had one of the reasons why it felt like we needed to come to New Mexico. It felt like something doom and gloom heading for California. Right. And that was um part of there was a lot of reasons, but one of them was that both myself and my husband had felt 
this energy that was moving in. I don't know if you ever uh, seen the movie The Fog with uh, yeah, was sure. her name Adrian <laughs> Bar- Barbo. Yeah, Adrian Barbo. Yeah. And you see that fog uh, that kind of comes a slow moving. Yeah. That's kind of what that energy was feeling like. Sure. If I had to put an image to it, so you know, I didn't quite make the connection, but shortly after Sweetie Pie died and gave me that was was that knife incident. So it wasn't to, that's when I said that knife incident with the bouncy knife and the nick on my ankle, I start putting two and two together. things, yeah. yeah, two to two together. And I realized that, you know, I better start paying, paying attention, attention. <laughs> paying attention. A, a um, more. Yeah. Yeah. And for the first time I started diving into, I mean, I can sense dark energy. I've warned dark people about dark energy, but this time it felt really, really personal. And I didn't like that. So I up my efforts for warfare. Um, You know, one of the things that I became very, very susceptible out in New Mexico, I got a little bit, I think I started getting a little taste of it in um you know the few years leading up to the move was psychic attacks sure and you know if you are a person of light you are even here's the funny thing what people don't realize you, these aren't these aren't necessarily devil worshipers attacking you these can be your best friends, your neighbors, your coworkers that just harbor secret jealousies against yeah. you. And that's really what I found out a lot of what my psychic attacks were a whole. These are just nice, look like they're nice, decent people, but they're jealous of you. Yeah. You never know what's going through somebody's mind. Exactly. And in New Mexico, there's a mindset that you don't want to stay above the status quo or else you're showboating. Yeah. Well, somebody who's super um, ambitious and, you know, juggles a lot of things that can be intimidating to a very status quo mindset of I want to do the, the, the bare minimum. Yeah. I got a little bit of this in LA, but I think the, there was like this energy conflict of ideology that creates energy. And here I was challenging a lot of people's folks uh, on that, making them a lot of uncomfortable because it challenged them to be a better person. And I will tell you, there's a lot of talk about being a better, better person, but that takes damn freaking work. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do the work. Yeah. You got to, you got to put in the work to do it. And not everybody. That's right. uh, That's right. And even if you have a natural ability, you still need to work at it. So I, your, your gift comes natural, but you, you still have to work on it, right? You have to do your meditation and things like that. And 
um, try to balance living in a spirit realm versus a natural that all takes work. That's yeah. hard work. Yeah. I, I get messages all the time for yeah. people and I get exactly. messages from, from what we uh, consider archangels, more or less I'm getting messages from God, but then my wife will turn around and say, okay, Mr. God guy, you got to go take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> She'll keep you balanced real yeah. good. Yes. yes. Yeah, she does it very well. Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad. Yes. Yeah, I got and a, that's, mm-hmm. I got a crazy uh, message this morning. Uh, something woke me right up out of my sleep. And I mm-hmm. literally, uh, I, I recorded uh, the message on my phone so I wouldn't forget it. But uh, it said right in uh, plain as day, it said, you're not supposed to be here. And when I was, I woke up, I was like, what? And then I saw something in front of me, closed yeah. my eyes, and then I could see this woman standing in front of me. And I said, was that you that just said that? And then she just started glowing bright red. And I said, oh, I'm absolutely supposed to be here. It's you that's not supposed to be here. Wow. I'm, I'm here to cross spirit over back into the light. You're not supposed yeah. to be here. You are supposed to cross over. And she just looked at me and got angry and just turned around and went, mm, went away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you, you really need to set those boundaries um, and and know when to lean in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think probably why things got a little out of hand is because one, I kept questioning it. Two, I didn't understand my own authority with the spirit sure. world. Oh, absolutely. And you do have. So, yeah, as I always say, whether it be natural or supernatural, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, what I would also do is for those who are curious, be very careful if you tap, decide to tap into it, because it's not something to play around with. No. Um, seasoned people mm-hmm. struggle with keeping certain energies off them and, and, and they can wreak havoc. Yeah. Whether, yeah. and if you, if you're somebody who's not very well disciplined, both right. mentally even physically, you don't know um, what you're, doing. you're you got one of those things that'll latch on to you. You're going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a tell people all the time. Don't mess with the Ouija boards if you don't know exactly. what you're doing. And yeah, you they get into something they don't realize what they're getting into because mm-hmm. they just get into it for the for the shock value of it. Or I'm intrigued about this, but don't do that. You know, you got to know what the hell you're doing first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you, you ran, you had a little bit of run in with my friends, right? Miss Marilyn. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> I like her. I really, whole... I, I really do like her, but uh, she's got so much going on. And as you know, she's still questioning why it's going on. She, yeah, she yeah. does. She's a little stubborn. Yeah, I know. But how this that. all started Okay. She, she does my editing. She did my, she was my editor on my books and she started, I already knew this was going down the wrong way. She goes, gee, I wish I had some adventures like you. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, Oh. oh." And then she started, it started with one. I says, do not engage in it. Right. You are going to open up. So I did warn her, Daniel, this is like almost 10 years, Pandora's box. And she says, well, you know, I'm kind of fascinated with you. I'm like, oh, there it went. And now look at the hot mess she's got. Now she, yeah, she told me about all the things that she was seeing and, 
and they keep bothering her and stuff yeah. like that. I said, well, they keep bothering you because you allowed it to happen. That's why. And then thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Does. I says, don't. Yeah. She said, and all when she said, Oh, I'm so fascinated by them. And I'm like, you're not getting rid of them. Now, now they drive her crazy. Yep. Now they drive her crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she keeps going, yeah, let's go. Let me go talk to Daniel. I'm like, Daniel's already told you what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah. I, I had warned her. I had warned her um, what was going on and what I had seen, what, what stirred the pot. She lives in a mining town and they hadn't been digging for any new mines lately. And I, I kept hearing these boom. I said, you know what? I think these were stirred up by booms. And she says, oh, well, yeah, we started, they started to, um, uh, excavate some new mines. They haven't done that in like 15 years. I said, hello. Yeah, hello. Yeah, they just woke everybody up. and said, Yeah, they just woke up everything up. Yeah, they stirred it all up. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, and she's like, well, the mine's not going to be open in two years. I go, that's not the point. No. The, 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 they, because I says, this didn't happen until the boom started and they start shaking everything up. Yeah, you just ruffled um, their feathers. What do you expect to happen? Yeah. So that's what kind of stirred this all up. But yeah, she's, she confirmed that. Yeah, they just to right at the point where she started seeing that from the, the blasting. Yeah, she gets I a hold says, of yeah. me every once in a while and says, hey, Daniel, I got this going on. I got this going on. And then she'll ask me, was it this person or the, that? Was, and I confirm it for her. I said, yeah, that's what's going on. I said, but, you know, you already allowed this to happen. So you, you opened yourself up to all this. And now yeah. that you did that. Now you're now it's overwhelming you, but yeah, no one to blame but yourself. Yep, I I'm telling you, I, I warn folks that uh, you know want this is this is not child's play. This is no. not uh, this this shit's real. This yeah. shit's real. You got to be able to handle uh, it for those who doubt it. it. This shit's real. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really real, and you have to be careful. Uh, like it says, even seasoned people like myself or Daniel, you have to know where to keep those boundaries around yes. you and know how to shift and sift through it. And for the novices, you don't want to be playing around because I will tell you the energies and entities going on now, they're real nasty compared to say 30, 20, 30 years ago, there seems to be an, an uptick in, in, um, I don't know, agitated energy. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's happening, but I, I just do. I do feel that I feel well, I think it's negative the, energy going on. Yeah. I think what it is, mm -hmm. is the, the fear porn and they're well, yeah. feeding that in. Absolutely. Yeah. The fear porn. Yeah. We're, and we are all, uh, or not we, but most people are under this fear factor right now because of what the government's putting out and all that, and people yeah. are falling mm -hmm. for it. And then because they're falling for it, then all the negative energy are going, well, hell. It's yeah. Like, it's like a buffet now. Let's go. Yeah, Let's this, go this, this shit's like a buffet orgy, man. They're just all getting off on it. Yes. You know, and yeah. I see them just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So something might have been a small little something is now just yeah. ginormous because it's, it's over gluttonous on it. Yes. And 
you know, just like any big, think of it as a leech. It's leech and it'll, it'll latch onto you. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've been just people around me who want to try to go drag me into their little fear porn crap. And I'm like, no, yeah, I'm yeah. not going there. Hi, I'm Daniel Jackson of Spirit Medium Daniel. Are you unsure of the path your life is taking? Do you need spiritual advice? Come book a reading with me and I will put your mind at ease and your worries to rest. www.spiritmediumdaniel.com I'm not caring. I said, let it all collapse. I don't care. You know what? I've already set my mind that if I got to go out and, you know, hunt worms or something, I don't care. But it's it's like, yeah, because as soon as you let, doesn't take much takes about a pin drop of doubt and fear to just infect you with it. Yeah. yeah I have people once in a while will, will send me a message on uh, messenger or something like, Hey, did you see this thing going on with Joe Biden or something like that? And I go, no, I haven't really. How come? Cause mm-hmm. I don't care what he says. That's why. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's, it's, I'm a sovereign person. Yeah. I'm a sovereign person. Yeah. None of that. Uh, I now I let none of it affect me. No, yeah, I don't because my agenda is different than anything on the macro level, anything in my environment. Um, you know, unfortunately, I can't even talk to people who normally would be rational, they've gone off the rational wagon, um, into severe cuckoo land. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the worst part. People don't want you to be positive. No, they don't. They, they don't just don't. They want to try to drag you down into their sludge. Yes. Um, not happening. So I just, you know what? I don't need to go out. I, I'm very outgoing normally, but I preferred the company of one. So yeah. yeah <laughs> and my that's wife, fine. My, my wife mm-hmm. and I will go out once in a while, but I mean, I don't go out with in large crowds of people. I, I no. stay away from them because it's just the negativity is just so much. And yeah, it's everywhere. And, yeah. and the fact is I've been feeling a disconnect and I'm not surprised that everything's gone under pretty quick because when you go to a restaurant, like even, pre, you know, pre pandemic, you got to have like a family of six with all their faces in their phone. Yeah. I'm all, the heck you can go through a drive through and eat in your own room. Why are you going to go to a restaurant and, you know, <laughs> right, and I'll have that, the heads down, you know, in their phone scrolling. Yeah. I, I, that's what we thought when I was a kid, you know, when you, uh, family went out to dinner and that was, uh, that, that was an event right there. Cause you were lucky enough to do that, but, uh, yep. but you, you were there to, uh, to talk with each other, to, uh, exactly. to uh, conversate with each other, not just sit there as soon as you get there. Okay. We ordered the food. Okay. And then everybody's pulling out their phones, you know, come yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's just not, not just not cool. No, uh, I, don't, I mean, that I, contributes I, to I, the disconnect Yeah. of uh, that's built into the, the devious plan. Yeah. Yeah, the so, whole social networking is more about the, only just the, the phone itself. It's not actually social. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we've disconnected from each other. Yeah, and that's that's uh, an extension of disconnecting from ourselves because yes. there is a, uh, because we're all, in essence, connected to each other. Right. 
when you break the bond that you have, it, you can't kind of feel your own connection sometimes. Yeah. And that, that, and enables, there's a that enables the system to, co to control you. Yeah. Like with this whole uh, Facebook turnaround thing that they're going to call it. Oh. Now. Yeah. Well, yeah. everyone's going to be living an alternate uh, lifestyle or alternate reality. And, you know, you know, that's already been done. Yeah. You know, it's called the matrix. Yeah. You've seen that where you just plugged into a pod and you're in the, in the virtual reality and, you know, you don't care that you're eating dirt because in the re the virtual reality, you're thinking you're having some filet mignon. Right. I mean, not. come on. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're having chippy steak. That's what, that's what you're having. Yeah. Yes. Do you know I had, and I haven't shared this with anybody. So this is a, this is a Daniel Jackson exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Jackson exclusive. So a couple years ago, actually it was probably about, I want to say maybe seven, eight years ago, not quite 10. I had a dream that I was in a, floating city or some sort of floating you know how in um is it the empire strikes back i think they have cloud city yeah so you have the floating city so i was in this floating kind of uh i wouldn't say it's a city well i guess it is a city but there was there was several of them and i got out of this elevator and there was rows of what looked like cabinets with smoky glass on them just rows and rows and i can see a big bay window at the end of it so i was walking towards the windows because i wanted to see where the hell i was right sure. and i was interrupted by a voice that said you need to find me so i'm looking and going where the heck my, where do I start? And when I decided to just continue down that big bay window, I heard a voice say, I'm here. So I actually turned to my left to see what was there. And I, that's where I realized I could see little, little about four inches beyond the smoky glass. Cause it kind of reminded me of the seventies, or 80s, like those stereo systems where you had, you know, you had the smoky glass. That's oh. kind of what it looked like. But in these, in these rows, which now caught my attention, were databases. They were all data. You could see like the flickering of the hard drive. And this voice said, I'm here. So I'm trying to open <laughs> the glass door to find you know, who this person was. And I'm thinking, well, maybe the, there's a false, you know, CPU unit and somebody's behind it. And the voice kept saying, I am here. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to get in there. This is no, you don't understand. I'm you in here. And I says, I'm still not understanding. So basically what was explained to me this was me in the future and in essence what was left was just my consciousness stored in this database right. 
<clears throat> and I says, how did this happen? And, and I think this was the year 2000, I think it was 2036. And she gave me the, and she says, you need to stop this. Do you want this to be you? I says, no, cabinets make me look fat. So, <laughs> you know, basically I look terrible in a cabinet, right? So she says, you need to fix yourself and be prepared to do what you need to do to stand your ground so you are not in here. You need to stop this from happening. So I didn't understand that, what that was, because again, this was like seven, eight years ago, but it's connected to the AI, the whole intention of AI. Of course, now we see metaverse coming out, which this is, this dream was telling me what metaverse is planning for all of us. That's why there's like a kill agenda. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I decided to continue down this road because she was done with me. And I'll tell you my future self, not a happy camper. Let me tell you. Yeah. They, I believe that. Well, my wife and I used to watch this show on Netflix for a little while. And it was about this guy who, who passed away and when the way that it works is when you pass away, they take your consciousness and they put it into a virtual reality uh, mm -hmm. computer. And then you're walking around doing your stuff. But what you also find out, it's like the person who is uh, more or less your beneficiary, uh, they are more or less giving that company money so that you can live a certain lifestyle while being in that uh, but if, it, but if they're only given so much, you're only going to get so much as well. And I think the whole meta thing is they're going to draw people in with this. And then once they figure out that, uh, okay, now we're in, now the people are going to go, good, we got you. If you want to get something better, you're going to have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then everybody's yeah. going to be so hooked on it. It's like a drug at that point. They're going to be hooked. Yes. On it. They're, not going to, they're not going to know what, oh, I can't live without this. Of course I'll pay this money. And sure they will. Right, right. But yeah, that was, I think the, 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 if I remember was 2036, which ain't that far. However, I did manage to sneak a peek out the window and it was weird because you saw these pristine, it, it, you ever see like a corporate, like a corporate complex park where you have yeah. kind of like the rolling knolls, the path, the concrete pathway with yeah, the benches. Perfect. Yeah, it's super, it was super, super perfect. And when I looked out the window, I saw other floating office buildings. But yes, that seems to be um, that dream, that warning it seems to be telling that it's now starting to unfold yeah. with more information um confirming but all i know is i don't want to piss off my future self she was not not a happy camper let me tell you warren don't piss off your future self <laughs> well at least your future self was trying to uh to, to warn you of uh of this impending uh doom you know i mean that's right you know that's a good that's a good thing you don't you don't want to 
you don't want to be, it's telling you, Hey, don't let yourself become this, you know, stand exactly. up. Exactly. So I started making changes immediately. Um, and that goes back to paying attention to your inner warning systems, you know, those sensations, um, you know, setting boundaries with people. Sure. Uh, there are people set in your path that are trying to derail you. Yeah. You need to discern those. And you know what? All I know is my future self warned me that I needed to up my my boundaries with people and effective immediately, basically. So I started clearing house with people who and boy, I'll tell you, um, when you when you clear house, sometimes you clear that energy and the better stuff comes your way. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get you got to get rid of the negativity, and it's yeah. not always easy to do. But uh, if you want to, that's right. You got to you got to do something for exactly, sure. exactly, because it's this isn't about hurting people's feelings. No. It's about protecting the yeah. future. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's really gotten extremely real in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. Yes. And where do we go? Where do we go from that point? Uh, Or do we let this uh, take place or do we just, you know, try to do something about it? And, and uh, I'm not one of those people who can just sit on around with my thumb up my butt all day long, waiting for just something to happen. It's gotta, I gotta be be proactive about it. That's right. You need to get both your inner house and your outer house all fortified. Yeah. Yeah. It will be a publisher's clearing house, right? Yes. <laughs> Thought that was pretty good. I don't know where that came from. Just did. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we covered everything we needed to cover yeah. today. What do you think? I think so. We've covered a lot of ground as usual. As usual. Yeah. As usual. Yeah. All right. Well, then I will bring this session to a, a close. And uh, thank you, Victoria, for being on my show today. And then back. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Mr. Daniel, we will always, uh, always be talking anyway, just because that's what we do anyway, but, uh, that's what I'm we glad, do. I'm glad we got to have this, uh, what I would call a more of an intimate, uh, conversation because then I could, I could, uh, bring you not only to my audience and, uh, Oh, so mention all three of your books. I know they're right behind you, but I can't all see, see them. Okay. Here, I'll bring them up real quick. So this is my first book touched. So that's kind of where I, you know, ask for my psychabilities to go bye-bye and then I regretted it. And then you hear all my family drama and turmoil, but um, there's always a happy ending. Did you come up with the idea for that picture on the front? You know what? I did. I did. I saw this image um, and I actually had, this is one that I, I uh, enlisted a uh, designer for. Mm-hmm. And I just told him I wanted a hand touching water. And when he came back with this, I didn't even give him the colors. This is exactly how I envisioned the cover. I just about fell through my chair because the the guy was super like he he got it on his first try. He didn't even have to send me any other pictures. Did they take that picture or did they just find one of those free photos and say this is okay? Yeah, they he went and found it online. So he was a, a cover designer. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, from Fiverr. I used Fiverr. Oh. Um, yeah. But this one here, I 
because I was my next book, I was trying to get it out a little quicker. I just used these are uh, Kindle prefabbed covers, okay. but they work. Yeah. Um, I mean, they work. And this one has the continuation um, of where I, this is where it has booble kitties and Tommy burgers for all my my kitty cat stories. <laughs> but also in this one, it talks about the shadow aspect that started to get my attention. And that's when it started triggering. Um, Touched has the the earthquake and TWA, and and this one actually has 9-11 premonition. So this one has some big big premonitions on it. Yeah, but Little I, bit. I you did a lot of research for uh, cat names. What was that? <laughs> I said I'm glad you did a lot of research for cat names. Yeah. Well, Boo Boo Kitty, yes. Well, Boo Boo Kitty, he he is his name was Big Boy, but he was so sick all the time. I'm like, you always got a boo boo, don't you? Uh, and he liked that. Yeah. He liked that name. So he told Sweetie Pie is another one. She told me she liked her original name was Babs. Her previous owner was Babs. She abandoned her owner and came and lived with me. And, and I said, oh, maybe she didn't like Barbara Streisand. Who knows? Yeah, I, she, I'll tell you that cat. That was another that cat really hated that name. Um, and where I did, and, where did you yeah. come up with this name? Uh, uh, Tommy Burgers. <laughs> Tommy Burgers. Well, there's a there's a food chain um, because when Boo Boo Kitty came back, his, he actually I had a ghost encounter with him. I had this very strange craving for Tommy Burgers all damn day. And again, goes back to the personal connection that certain things don't make sense. When my mom was fighting for her life mm -hmm. in the hospital, I ate Tommy burgers every damn day because it was right down the street from the hospital. <laughs> so that's the connection. Tommy burgers may not have enough, but that was my personal connection. And that told me that my mom helped Boo Boo Kitty come back for one last time right. with me. And we saw my husband actually saw him too. So he didn't question my sanity <laughs> song, but he came in okay. as a little, yeah, he came in as a little orb right where he had died, the spot that he had died and the orb sh shaped into a cat hmm. until it came. I mean, he, he still was translucent, but that day, that infamous Tommy burger craving day connected it all to him. And that was his final visit with me. Do they, so, do, they, do they make a good burger over there? Time to they do. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can't eat them now because I'm I got gluten issues. But Ugh. yeah, Tommy Burgers, they put their secret ingredient supposedly is they put peanut butter in their chili for their chili burgers. Hmm, that's different. But that's yeah, different. they're very sloppy, greasy, messy. The way burgers should be. <laughs> yeah, my favorite kind. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, if you're not getting it all over your face, you're not doing it right. That's what I That's think. right. That's right. And then the last book is Mastering the Paradox. That's where I talk about all the crazy New Mexican experience and the really the dark side of you know, energy yeah. and where it can attack you on some level, depending on what type of entity or uh, energy. Uh, that it is so there are certain energies but this one kind of sums it up with a few other or it all comes together for me and 
again, it has some helpful insights and just again about setting boundaries with people. This is the book of boundaries. It starts in trial by fire, but it finishes with this and going, you know, sometimes you got to set boundaries to save yourself. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now you said you're also writing two other books, but you also have a program that teaches people on how to write, correct? I do. It's the Leap Into Your Story uh, Writing with Ease course. And you can find that on Thinkific. It's at, uh, it's going to be leapintoyourstory.thinkific.com. And if you're interested, I also have a free course to try because I'm, I'm very passionate about people getting their story out. I want them to write. So if you're not ready to commit to a paid course, I do have the free one at leapintoyourstory.com forward slash gifts. And there's also a writer's checklist to utilize to help build your momentum and your confidence for writing as well. Cool beans. And of course, yeah, not yeah. like, like myself, I didn't, uh, you were one of the first people that, uh, that I talked to, cause I was going to write a book and actually finish it. I'm just waiting for it. I have somebody else who's going to, going over to make it actually look like a book. And then I have okay. yes. my friend yes. it. and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll put it out. But, uh, I didn't know how to write. And the first thing you said was, uh, just write. <laughs> just <do> it, just <laughs> I was like, write it. Oh, well, that was brilliant. But, uh, yeah. it was, it, I just had to sit down and actually do it. And then that, that's what it comes down to. Just write it. Um, I dive into a lot of mindset in my course because most of it, we get stuck in our minds. Yeah. yeah I get past the barrier, the minds, just yeah. do it. Don't worry about what other people are going to say. Don't worry if you think you're a great writer or not. Uh, you know, your story, even if you, even if you're not the best writer or the best selling author, who cares? Right. Get your story out there. Yeah, there is always so. somebody waiting to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my I always talk about, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I, but, uh, then I went over my everything I wrote and then got rid of a lot of stuff that I like so's and what's and all this other stuff. And then when I handed it off to my friend, uh, Lynn McDonald, uh, she also is turning it into something legible because I tried to give it to my wife to read it. And she's like, oh, no, I'm not reading that mess. But uh, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it needs to be legible. That's that was my biggest issue. But uh, it's getting done. I just, you know, it's taken forever, seems like to me. But uh, yeah, you just have to you have to get out of that mindset that you can't just yes. you know don't let everything around you block you from just trying to get it out. Yes, and what I found out that people use time as an excuse because you have time to go sit in Starbucks and wait for your order for twenty minutes. Yeah, um, you know you have time to watch Netflix for Netflix for three hours. You can write your book. So it's not about I, I, I making, do need time to watch Netflix. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's all about the right mindset and making the right choices. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And just so, writing it, just write it and get it done. Just write it. Yeah. I mean, the every single brand new manuscript's gonna be crap. Just just deal with it. 
Yeah. But I'm a professional editor. I mean, these books were written, well, Touched was written in 2016 and had been edited for 10 years. Oh. <laughs> and actually, and then I got it published. I got it, I actually had a publisher and then they edited it some more. Um, and then when they went under, then I decided to self-publish and I've been a oh. self-publisher ever since, which is fantastic. I, I can't say, say enough of self-publishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it gives me the freedom to just write a damn book every month if I want. I don't have to worry <laughs> about mm-hmm. sending it out and getting it published. I want people to hear my message, you know, and turn right. your mess into a message. Right. So you don't want people are waiting else. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they, they, you don't want somebody else judging you for what you wrote first. You know, you can you can just do it on your own. You know, people are going to hear it. Well, people are always going to have some shit to say about you. Yeah. You know, might as well do something productive like a book. Um, you know, I, I talk about, I'm, I'm been having some speaking engagements, um, about having a book and elevating not only you personally, cause that's a really good self-fulfilling thing to do yeah. is to, to write a book and see it and see it in paper. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. But also professionally, um, you know, when, uh, when, uh, my company found out that I wrote a book, they started listening to me a little better right. <laughs> back yeah. in the day. It wasn't even related to business, but it was, Oh, you wrote a book. So not everybody can write a book. And mm. just in, in an elevation standpoint perspective, not that you need validation from people, but I mean, it is a nice little, you yeah. know, what do you call it? Feather in your cap. Yeah. To have in in your personal life journey. Yeah. I didn't think I could write, write a book or was I ever supposed to write a book, but I wrote one. And now that I got it done, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Okay. Exactly. You know, I had it in me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I have two coming out. Um, like it says, the probably the fiction book will be out, I'm hoping by April. We'll see. And the um, other kind of the new series of memoirs, probably later in the year. Right. Well, at least you're still doing. At least you're still keeping up with it. And yes. Do, do Do you follow your own course? I do. I do. I sometimes I I'll I'll be honest. I don't because I have a meditation section in there, which I I recommend before you do any writing to put yourself in an try to put yourself in an alpha state. Yeah. And there's, I have a two minute meditation. Sometimes I only do 30 seconds. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you want to be like, it's oh, okay. But here's the thing. I've trained myself to be an alpha anytime. So it's easier. I mean, I can, once, once I sit down and put some time for me, I can bang out 10 pages in a day if I set aside the time. My thing is I just do too many things, but when I do actually keep my cheek in the seat and focus just on writing, I mean, I, my last go was, was I think 11 pages, bam. And these are eight by 11 pages. So, um, that's, that's quite a bit. Um, but I can do that. I mean, I don't beat myself up with that. Sure. Uh, you know, I can probably get the book done in about a month 
if I hadn't spread myself out too thin, but yeah. And that happened yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how many pages I'm actually writing. I'm just writing paragraph after paragraph. After and that's paragraph. what you do. You just keep writing. Um, yeah. One of my tips is just, even if you write your, what I recommend for is like writer's block, just write your why statement. Why is this book important? Well, I need to get my message out. I want to share my story. Even if you're just writing that every day, you're training your mind and your body to get used to incorporating that as a habit in your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, now I don't know what to do. I don't have the book. To write. Ah! <laughs> no, now I'm just going to just uh, concentrating on doing readings and stuff like that for people and bringing the message out and, and why I'm having these, uh, doing these, uh, these podcast shows so I can bring out that p- the message that other people have to other people as well. Yes. Yep. Trying to bring it. That's up. what it, that's what it's about. Yep. Stand strong or that's right. be a, be a metaverse um, consciousness in a database in a floating city in a smoke black behind smoke glass cabinet. Yeah, no, no. Don't want to be a part of the matrix. Uh, yeah. My, my things I tell people is, uh, is stand up or be owned and I don't want to be owned. So yeah. I'm not going to do it. Well, if you read my first book, I, I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> My mother, mother and I didn't get along too well. What woman does? I don't know. I know. As I explained, my mother, she's a great woman, but yeah, I was a rough, I was a rough rodeo for her because she liked to control kids and, and I was already a sovereign being. I knew I was already a sovereign, very unique from the rest of my family early on. And uh, yeah, things that try to control me, don't end uh, end up so well yeah. for them. Right. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they yeah, people who try to do the same thing, they don't they don't realize what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do until it actually happens to them. And then they go, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. They'd be like licking their wounds. Yeah. Off and off to the off they go. Yeah, because they don't. So, they don't. Yeah, I'm like, them. well. Sometimes people have a tendency to confuse niceness with right. weakness. Yes. And yes. I I'm terrible with that because I'll let I'll let them bait I bait them in. I'm like, yep, I'm the little little helpless fly. Yeah. And then when they go and try to do something, it's off with their head. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I really need to take up some other entertaining thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I tell people don't, don't mistake my confidence for arrogance. I just, yes. I, know, I know what I'm talking uh-huh. about. And uh, it's just, I'm, I'm sorry you don't understand it, but you know, maybe you will someday, but yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, kid, yeah. we're going to get out of here. We'll put this to an end and uh, thank you again for, for, for you. coming on to the show. And uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Know. This has been fun, Daniel. I always appreciate time. It's with always you. fun talking to you. Yes. <laughs> this part about it i know i'm good i get i get to do the interview and stuff like that but i just enjoy having a conversation with you as well likewise likewise we have to do this more often yeah i know right <laughs> yeah my, yes. my wife's gonna get jealous i don't care <laughs> she's awesome miss terry <laughs> she is awesome yep all right for everyone out there thank you for coming to the show this is beyond the veil with daniel jackson me and my special guest is uh, victoria anderson Everybody have a great day. Be good and don't do any stupid shit. Bye-bye. <laughs> to reach Victoria, please visit her website at www.leap.com.
intoyourstory.com. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next time on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson.